Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Now today I'm joined by Tom Krull, advisor with Lionfish Tech Advisors, and we're here to talk about how intelligent automation and tooling will look in 2023. Tom, welcome to the show. Hi Matt, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, no worries at all. Glad to have you on today, Tom. Could you just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do at Lionfish? Absolutely. Um, so I'm currently an advisor for Lionfish Tech Consultants, where I advise security vendors on product strategy, go-to-market messaging, market intelligence, and basically building their business. So I came from an infrastructure background before they called it DevOps, and around 2013 started writing about DevSecOps, because I was pretty worried about the lack of boundaries on our automation we were using at the time. We had no validation in our automation, we're so I thought we're just going to increase our risk of creating vulnerabilities at scale. So I thought, if we can put functional testing in our DevOps pipeline, why can't we put security testing in there? And that led me to start writing about that almost 10 years ago now. And here we are still still working on it, right? Um, <laughs> so from there, I focused more on security and automation. I became a cloud security engineer, an architect, and even an agile coach by default around 2016 because... Uh, most security teams needed to understand how they could effectively work with technology teams. And having had a foot in both camps, I found that that was a, a nice sweet spot for me. And I've been mostly focused on not how do we necessarily create the most uh, scrutinous and run the same benchmarks as everything else, but how do we create the most effective security tools that actually get actioned and break down the friction between security and technology so that we effectively reduce our risk posture across cloud. So that was a lot of the work that I did when I was a Gartner analyst for nearly three years. I myself and a couple of colleagues wrote the original research on SaaS security posture management and cloud native application protection platforms, which was the evolution of uh, CSPM and cloud workload protection platforms. So that's my focus. How do we effectively get tools to work in the enterprise? How do we make people use them? And how do we actually reduce the overall security posture with intelligent automation being one of the key components? I've felt the pain and now I'm trying to help create some of the tools to help practitioners to address those issues. Indeed, indeed. And, and obviously, you know, this has been quite a, a hot topic over the last few years, especially. Um, we're seeing a lot of, you know, trends coming to the enterprise. Um, for, for you, what would you say are the most significant trends in intelligent automation that you see, you know, emerging and coming into fruition in 2023? Yeah, I'm glad you used the term intelligent automation, Matt. Uh, <laughs> you've no idea how much we hear the, the term AI thrown about. And quite frankly, it's uh, loose at most in a lot of vendor marketing uh, collateral. But most of the advances we've seen are, are down to machine learning and automating good security hygiene. That's my focus in CSPM. And, you know, okay, AI is good for some behavioral baselining and natural language processing. It can help identify sensitive information in our environments, which is crucial for compliance, which I'm sure we'll come back to. However, mostly I think we'll see an increase in the use of 
configuration automation, dynamic discovery of assets, graph-based data analysis, and improving the integration of existing processes and tools to to reduce the time to remediation of tools. And you know that's that's really reliant on machine learning uh, taking uh, a number of different points of telemetry and prioritizing uh, and giving actionable alerts that we can use. So um, I think that that's going to continue its uh, evolution to uh, help facilitate um, the risk reduction in our cloud environments are becoming more complex every day. Mm. And, and obviously, you know, as you mentioned, your intro implementation is is realistically a big part of this. Um, what kind of challenges are companies running into when it comes to implementing this intelligent automation successfully? And could you maybe provide our listeners with an example of a specific use case where an enterprise was able to do this quickly and efficiently? Yeah, I mean, I won't go into specific names and of vendors and uh, tools, but I think one of the most important things that I hear from most security operations departments anyway and something that really excites me as a security professional is we've seen the evolution of attack path analysis or attack path management. And that's come really from the ability to not just take CSPM tools and say, look, here's this noisy configuration management tool that tells you to tidy your room. It was read yesterday, it's read the day after, nobody really cares to security departments having an ability to say, look, here's how I can currently exploit these vulnerabilities and here's how I can get to the vulnerable and valuable assets in your cloud estate. No longer are we security saying, uh, heady penny, the sky's falling, we think that this is dangerous and we want you to uh, fix it. We are now able to say, look, you know, show, don't tell. Here is how we can currently attack your systems. And it, it really has helped security departments get their points across to the business and make a case for putting valuable resource time into fixing vulnerabilities. That's just one of the things I think has been extremely important in the, the way that we use data. Mm-hmm. And I guess when it comes to that automation aspect, I think, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people tend to see that as, oh, well, there are just like no humans involved. Um, obviously, there's mm. there's quite a lot of things that need it to kind of work behind the scenes. So how do you see the role of human involvement in the intelligent automation process changing in the next year? Is it, is it going to be less sort of, is everything geared towards making human involvement lesser and lesser? <laughs> um Thankfully for us still looking for jobs, that human involvement is not going to go away. Uh, and the level of human involvement that uh, you have is really going to be dependent on your organization. So it would be great if everyone had a security department that could handle every application, create their own standards, understand how each application works, have the resource to do red teaming and blue teaming. Uh, that would be great but it's just not pragmatic for most organizations. So we're going to see security departments augmented with automated tools that allows them to look after more assets, be more effective, to only 
spend time on the most important vulnerabilities to to concentrate on their efforts in, in the right places. And that, that's really the power. We're not replacing people. We're allowing them to scale. We're allowing them to be more efficient and look after and, and protect even more of our infrastructure, whether that be IaaS, PaaS, or whether that be SaaS. We're going to see them augmented, um, but humans are definitely going to be involved, whether that's uh, making the decision of how much auto-remediation you like or whether that's uh, you know, just pushing a button to, uh, to, to remediate uh, some misconfigurations that have been identified in your organization. So, yeah, it'll depend on you know, what resources you have. Okay. So what you're saying is we don't have to go to war with the machines just yet. <laughs> no, no. The rise of the machines is a little bit far away. And um, quite frankly, the, the, the way that infrastructure landscapes are scaling and applications are scaling, even if we had the same amount or even more security resources, we still need to buy uh, tools or invest in tools that will allow the same amount of people to to manage ever expanding and more complex estates. We're not dealing with the same landscape, but it will allow us to manage more infrastructure, more assets, secure them more efficiently with the skills that we already have from a human resource point of view. So, yeah, uh, it, we're, we're not going the way of the dodo yet, us security uh, practitioners, <laughs> so I'm quite happy about that. Cool. Cool. Got it. Got it. Um, well, my final question for you today, Tom, is, um, you know, sort of bringing it back full circle, you know, how, how do you think companies can best prepare for the implementation of intelligent automation in their operations? So intelligent automation is going to be necessary, as I say, even if we had as many security researchers as possible, um, all that we wanted, it's still not efficient unless we use uh, automation. So we need to be current, continually evaluating our current capabilities. So the best thing that companies can do is say, look, what are our known use cases? Can our security match the needs of our developers or our business software development cycle? And if not, where are our blind spots? Can we protect serverless and container-based workloads from evolving threats? Can our current tools identify uh, blind spots? Can we make the best use of our data? It's all very well to have dashboards with potential risks, but are they prioritized? Are they actionable? Do they know the impact these vulnerabilities have on their overall risk posture? And be open to switching vendors. So if there are gaps that you need to fill now, by all means, invest in tactical products that will address those gaps in strategic tools. And uh, the great thing about having least privilege or read only, it means that you don't need multiple stakeholder involvement. You can run some single sprint or even two sprints um, proof of concepts on two or three different tools to assess their impact on overall risk reduction. How do they integrate into our infrastructure's code scanning pipeline? How do they have a meaningful effect on overall risk reduction? And that starts with evaluating their current processes and tools and and um, be able to being able to scale and yeah so running those proof of concepts in a small manner in a small environment rather um, will be invaluable to them choosing the right tool 
I, I, you need to create your use cases first. Like, it's, there's no one best tool, but what's the best tool for me? So, um, yeah. So, shortlist uh, a few, and you should run some proof of concepts and be prepared for um, integrating those into your current working um, processes and tools. Got it. Got it. Well said. Tom, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. No worries at all. And thank you to everyone who listened as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to lionfishtechadvisors.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.